Today's episode of The Basketball Buds is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at GoToMeeting.com slash tips. That's GoToMeeting.com slash tips. For the Indiana Pacers, in their third Eastern Conference Final, one game from their first NBA Final, one game for Larry Bird, who knows what it means to be an NBA champion, who reached the finals five times as a player, one game to get there again in his first year as a coach, one game. For the Chicago Bulls, the NBA's team of the 90s, one game to sustain a dynasty or end it. One game from a finals rematch with the Utah Jazz. We can only guess what the future holds for Michael Jordan, but for the most fabled athlete of our time, there could be only one game left, and that one game could be tonight. One game. Game seven. Next. Lock it in. There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear it? Congratulate them on the deck. This is the basketball buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. (laughs) Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA I've ever heard in my entire life. Funny, I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> right now, that's just I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll take oh that boy. one. Oh <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I've been. I, I don't get inconsistent. You've been popping, right? Y- yes. He may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jade Boy. Everyone does well they don't. Yes, it's This is a journey into sound. The mecca of basketball. <laughs> Everybody knows when you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new What's up, buddy? Welcome to the Back-to-Back Podcast, the Basket Buds edition of the Back-to-Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. we got Dave DeFour. We've got Wazdy Lambre, our cultural anthropologist at the Athletic. And we have two guests today. That's right, two guests. We have Amin Hassan, who is my co-host on the SiriusXM NBA Radio's No Look Pass, which you can find every morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time on SiriusXM NBA Radio, and of course of ESPN, The Jump, Hoop Streams, all that crap. And we have Mike Prada from SB Nation, who gave us inspiration for content to talk about today. Mike, what did you do for SB Nation that gave us all this amazing content? Oh, I tweeted a bunch. No, I wrote about the best NBA and NBC intros uh, from 1991 to 2002, which I'm glad it gave you inspiration. It took me a week, like watching a bunch of intros to finally put that out. So I'm glad it came to some good. How many how many did you go through? Like how many didn't make the cut? 
Because you have 30 on here. Well, so there's a playlist I made on YouTube that probably has like 180 or so, maybe 170. I have like a piece of paper in front of me that just sort of has like 49 like that were in the final cut. And then I had to like cross a bunch off. And then I I debated whether to do 32, whether to do 20, whether to do 40, whether to just do 10 and why 30 was a total waste of time. And then eventually pick 30. So I guess that's that's probably the best way to put it. You mentioned the number 32. And there's someone that I, I just have to mention here. There's someone that keeps emailing me some kind of projections for all 32 NBA teams through a certain number of years or something like that. And I just wanted to, I haven't responded yet, but it's been four emails now. I just want to say, stop it. There aren't 32 teams in the NBA and it's driving me insane. Is he including uh, the Sonics? And I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's some form thing. He did it for the NFL as well. So then he just forward. I don't know what's happening, but that number is the number 32 is really bothering me lately. I mean, what's your least favorite number? Uh, least favorite number is, uh, one. <laughs> Dave, the least favorite number. number. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> gotta be zero, right? Zero. Okay. Is zero Zero's a number? Awful. Ooh, double zero. Double zero. <laughs> double zero or I'll, I'll do one better. Negative zero. Courtesy of the iPhone weather app in Chicago during all-star weekend. Go f- yourself. Hmm. Means working blue here, uh, Mike. What's your what's your least favorite number? I don't know, like seven. Okay, Waz. See the nineteen or seventeen. Ooh, just really an weird, ugly number. nasty yeah. prime numbers. Just I might have to take back the zero hate. Because <laughs> <laughs> without zero, you don't you can't have math. Right. Oh, we'd schoolhouse rocks. Zero is the hero. No, nah, we'd figure yeah. it out. Right. You can still have two. <laughs> no, two or something. Not. If you didn't have zero, we'd just call it like. Ellis or something like that. I don't know. We, I don't what? know what it would be. We just name another. We just get rid of number names and just throw random. Like all these names are meaningless anyway, right? Uh, I think negative zero still is the clubhouse leader. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into these. Uh, let's get into these intros. Um, as I watched all these intros, I got a take that I want to start this off with. Um, this Bob Costas. I grew up with him as like our our main voice for sports with all these all these te- you know national telecasts and everything. This is Bob Costas overrated. Wow! Oh, wow! Oh my wow. God! I mean, I'm just like I'm 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 listening back. I'm just like, I'm with it. Get through it, Bobby. Like, what are you doing? I'm with it. Yeah, they're building I'm, it up like like football. I'm, oh, I'm in God. strong disagreement here because like when you hear Enver oh, so and Marv try to do it. They're not as good. <laughs> They're just oh, not as good. Oh, oh, oh wow. I don't think Marv Enberg is good at it as Costas is. No, Marv Marv Mar- was the best at it. And I will throw in another guy who's very underrated, and I kind of wonder where he's been because I miss him. Tom Hammond. Ooh, Tom Hammond was really yeah. good at this. Man. I mean, he's a, good, a very good play, play-by-play guy. But, like, this NBA on NBC intro stuff, Tom Hammond's one of the best at it, man. He just his voice has a certain cadence to it. But I'm with, I'm not with uh, Zach on Costas' whole career, but definitely, he, you could. T- he's trying, right? You can. That's the thing. It's the not effort. effortless, right? Yeah, it, Marvin and, and, and Hammond, like it just flowing right there. Costas is like I see him like sitting up late at night writing this. And he's a just, poet, I mean. Like I think he has, no, I think he has a smoking jacket on while he reads these. 
That's what I picture. <laughs> is this bad? Is this a problem? Well, smoking's bad for you. No, no, the <laughs> trying too hard. Why is that a bad thing? Yeah, I don't. No, I, I completely disagree. Because we set in the tone, man. No, no, no. I, I think I think in any anything really, we like to see brilliance look effortless, right? You don't want to see someone like you know very mechanically doing everything. Like Harrison Barnes, you could tell he's trying hard. I don't want to see that. I want it to look like Steph Curry, where he's like, he's just out there playing basketball. Exactly. Obviously, exactly. Steph is playing hard too. That describes Marv Albert to me in his intros. Now, he seems like he's trying hard. I would say Marv now, but not back uh, in the day. I feel like Marv back those in the day intros was flying, on man. on my list. Curious, except for that's why like I included the Pistons uh, Knicks one because it was like the one there where he just seemed a little silly. All the other ones are just so deep voice, over the top, epic. Like I actually think Bob Costas tries less hard than Marv Albert. No. Wait, hold on. You said Marv is too serious, and you came in for Costas? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, Costas see, was definitely trying to put weight. Uh, yeah, Cost, you could tell what he's trying to do, right? Like this is dramatic. But this, this is this is the thing. Like what Dave Dave says, he's trying to put weight. We got Michael Jordan on the fucking screen. We don't need you to tell us it's important. Yeah. We know it's important. Yeah. It's game seven. Show, it's game four. But, but what happens when it's Clyde Drexler and Dan Marley though? Well, then you like, got to sell it. Nobody wants to watch those like bums. Hang on, let me <laughs> let let me get a read here on Zach just a bit. How do you feel about the NFL film stuff? Oh, it's brilliant, man. It's the same thing Costas it's was trying to do. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing because there is a cadence to it that is very natural. Bob Costas, I can I can hear you reading. I can hear him reading it. I want to just I want it to flow. I want it to feel natural. Exactly like you mentioned Harrison Barnes. I mean, yo, you want to watch Harrison Barnes play basketball or Tracy McGrady? I'd like Tracy McGrady, guys. Oh, Grace. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think you guys just have an aversion to Costas. I, no, I, 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 I've always I been a fan until wrong. I watched all these, and I'm like, man, this guy is a bum. So, do you do you like his style as a play by play guy? Oh, so no. Well, all right. He did once. I, he did once during a. I want to. I think it was the Cleveland Indians playoff game. He did once say. And he's out by a whiff of cologne when Bartolo Cologne struck someone out. And I did like that. That was like in 1995 <laughs> or something. That still stuck with me. But he probably had that one written down on his little run sheet. Of course he did. I mean, so, that's like a that's like a Jim Nance-ism. Yeah, yeah for sure. Another hack. But I'll tell you, uh, Jim Nance. I'll tell you, that is a hack. No, he, no, it means right. You know what? Let's air it out. Jim Nance is, is a my, hack? Jim Nance. He's terrible. He's, he's absolutely right. Uh, Costas, is, is bad. This is what I've always said about Costas. Costas as studio guy, unparalleled. I love Costas in the studio. Like in that Ernie Johnson role as a quarterback yeah. of the whole thing. Costas as a play-by-play guy, talks too much. Bro, when I, like sometimes you just got to like sit back a little. He's, he's too much of a control freak on, on the, the audio coming out. Ironically, Mike, you you missed. I'm surprised this didn't make the top thirty. The intro for Game Seven, Rockets Knicks, and Costas did that one, and it's one of my favorites because Costas barely talks. See, I didn't says, like that one because one of the reasons that I kind of really like the NBC intros is that they do something that I don't think we do enough now, which is they really talk about the teams that are actually involved. They don't sort of slap on this kind of generic rah-rah or epic sort of thing that you could put on many different intros 
and it would still work. It's game seven of the goddamn finals. Well, I know, but like, like <laughs> I, I'd rather hear about why this game seven is more interesting. This is my personal preference. Like, so I didn't like, I like, I didn't like that one because like, I felt like I, that one reminded me too much of the ABC ESPN sort of historical epic intros that everybody loves. And I just sit there and look at it. I was like, okay, we're not watching all these teams in history. We're watching these two teams. And I want to. I want to know why these two teams are important. And I'll, and I'll okay. tell you that the if we talk in play by play, like Costas is fine, but he's definitely behind Marv all time. And I'll tell you who else he's behind: Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's Kevin way Hall- better. Well, I agree. Harlan's Atta really boy. good. Atta boy. Now, so how much of how much of the Costas stuff do you think is just? growing up doing radio i think like it he said did. he got pink eye and i didn't want to see that on tv i think that's when it turned for me <laughs> that was really really recently wasn't it that was like a few years ago yeah Sochi. It was like Sochi, right i think so no, I, like come on man throw some eye drops in there what are you doing it, or, or take the day off take it off we got 30 <laughs> days of the olymp or we used to we don't have them them anymore they've been Remember destroyed forever things? but but yeah take a day off like i mean you have pink eye you going on the jump Probably not. Or I'm wearing sunglasses. Right, exactly. And making a bit out of it. But I'm not going out there all gross and like forcing people to look at me. Especially when we're, we're in an HDTV, 4K world, yeah. right? Like, come on, it's man. It's just all puffy and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the NBA on NBC intro, I always felt like there was an anatomy to it. And the visuals were there. The music was very important. And mm. so I love that Game 7 one uh, from 94 because it was – because it was like it's literally cost us saying game seven, the uh, two most whatever words in sports. And then you have the ooh, it sounded like some Russian, uh, like pre like Bolshevik revolution kind of music. And tonight, only one team can earn the remaining invitation to the NBA finals. The Knicks were supposed to get there. And they started out that way, taking the first two at home. But when Indiana responded in kind at Market Square, the series began to take shape, tied at two. And, and, and they're not just showing you all the, the great triumphs. They're also showing you, like, they're showing Magic celebrating with champagne, and then they show Isaiah on the bench with Mark Aguirre just looking yeah. pissed as shit. Like, it, oh, I got goosebumps right now, man. And then they say, and now these two teams do battle. And you see, like, the anguish of, you know, Robert Roy turned it over because he, he didn't catch the ball. And John Starks is ripping his shirt off. And everyone, someone's got blood. In them. It, it was all of it. And it's all music. They don't really, he doesn't really talk that much to it. And I thought that's what made it great because sometimes you just got to let it talk for you. And that's something that Bob Costas almost never allows to happen. It's a fair, it's a fair argument. I just, I, I feel like if you're not selling the teams involved, like what are you, it sort of is, what are you selling? You're selling lore. I guess it works in some cases, but like, Look, man, it's awkward because the mean works for one of the NBA's broadcast partners, but they do the opposite of what Costas does. And it sucks. <laughs> like, honestly, yes. bro, like the way that they introduce these big ass games, they don't do any of that. Like you don't feel the weight of the game. And, you know, I guess, like, again, when it's Steph Curry and LeBron, you don't have to sell it. When it's Michael Jordan, you don't have to sell his story. Everybody's already invested in those things in that type of game seven. But, like, sometimes it's game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? With guys who haven't established themselves the way Steph, LeBron, and Mike have, right? And you need to sell it. And I don't think 
but it, it, God knows Barkley and them don't do that shit. They don't sell it either. <laughs> but Waz, how you much of that? I'm how saying? much is that? Is like because now we have we're talking about it constantly leading up to it, right? Where we may have been talking about it with friends back in the NBC intro days, right? But it, but it. Right. <laughs> I would see, I would argue that's even more reason to be epic because you need some way to frame a conversation that everyone is happening so that it feels like a shared moment. Well, yeah, I mean, we also things- don't talk about that stuff on TV well unless it's the jump. Right, I mean? Rachel's done that on for the Saturday uh, games this year. She's written, like, uh, NBC-style intro <clears throat> monologue for each one of those games. Um, my argument is that Rachel's voice always sounds a little too chipper. Mm. Like, if uh, almost want, like... And that, that's what makes Marv's voice great, is it, it, it makes you yeah. feel like... Like there's something. Well, he's there. been through some shit. He's yeah, he's, like, he's, yeah. He's, well, and then he'd be a Terminator, like but, in the future. But like, here's the thing: the is that, is that um, his voice isn't his voice is more chipper than not. But like Greg Gumble kind of brought it, right? I was like, gonna Greg say Gumbel Greg Gumble is super underrated. I think yeah. in these controls, I'd take him over Costas any day. I you I'm know in retrospect. Costas. I think I got a little carried away with the choice of one verse two. I think number two, the 95 West semifinals one is probably better. Today, two dreams will collide. One will die. Hakeem's dream was realized last season when he guided the Rockets to their first title. But the banner at the summit does not hang for Clyde Drexler. That's That's the best one. Just like it gives you exactly what you need. It's very blunt and direct. It's only 41 seconds. Oh, man. It's it's the the best. That one is clearly the best one ever. First of all, you got the music. It sounds like a Western. You got Phoenix and Houston, like Southwest. And then like the whole like Charles Broccoli, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, looking for his first title. Clyde Drexler, you know, plays the Rockets. He won a championship last year. But the banner at the summit does not hang for him. Oh, man, that's such a great line. Oh, what a Gumpel, killer man. line. The banner at the summit does not hang like, for him. It's like basically like they he Kevin Durant, that title up there ain't yours, right? Like you got to yeah. win You gotta win your own. Yeah. And so it, it's, man. I'll it, never it, forgive it's Shaq and Penny for letting Clyde win a title. <laughs> dude that that montage that they did where they're talking about what's at stake for Clyde Drexler and they talked about the great players before that finally won it like Will in his eighth and and Jerry in his yeah, 92 and, and Oscar and I'm like wait a second <laughs> one of these things is not like the other <laughs> okay but, up, but, but you say that now like in 1992 like they weren't that far off. I mean, that's Drexler. the thing that I also yeah, we, about. Well, we didn't know we were watching Wait, Gerald Wallace 1.0. People, but in 1992, people thought, um, and forgive me because I was only five years old, but did people really think Claude Drexler was as good as Jerry West and Oscar Robertson? They thought yeah, he was like, like oh, yeah. Like a surefire Hall of Famer, he was uh, like a dream team, like like Claude Drexler, oh, yeah. like, like Jordan was one. It was no question who two was as far wow. as shooting guard in the league. Brooklyn had made the had won like sixty games each of the previous two Ooh, years. Like, like, look, we can look back at Clyde Drexler and kind of like say, oh, maybe we're over overdoing it on some things, but th- don't get it twisted. That was nice. <laughs> like he, he was that wasn't like, oh my god, you threw Clyde Drexler in that. Yeah, 
Yeah, you yeah. It just it, it, it seems stark watching it in retrospect. Why did I watch him Clyde thing. lately? And it's you know from the yeah, old games, and we're not it's, impressed. This messed up my yeah. perception of him. No, but the next guy was Wilt Chamberlain. I was like, damn, <laughs> like wow, well, like Wilt but Chamberlain. How much wow. of that is like? How much of that is shaped by what actually happened that we know about Clyde Drexler? That we know about these people? Like I made the comparison in the post. Like what if? ABC had done a similar intro to like Dirk before game four of the 2011 finals where Mm. they're down two one. He hasn't won a title yet. He's had postseason failures. And what if they lose that series the way Portland loses the series? We think about Dirk probably very differently. Um, And we think about Clyde Drexler very differently based on what happened in 1992. That's why I really like that one because it captured kind of the moment where there's a fork in the road and it could have gone either way. And for Clyde, it went the way that we're talking about. You either turn into Will Chamberlain or Walt Bellamy. You just just want to say that name. That's a a good punctuation. He was in the freaking intro. It is neither right nor fair that Clyde Drexler's outstanding career should be judged on the next few games. But that's what it's coming to. Many call him the second greatest player in the game. But the doubters are chanting louder after Sunday night. And it is neither right nor fair. But the issue will be decided very soon. Clyde Drexler, of course, is not the first great player to meet this crossroad. Wilt Chamberlain heard all the whispers before finally winning an NBA championship in his eighth season in the league. Elvin Hayes didn't quiet his critics until a Bullets title came in his 10th year. Mike, that's why I'm surprised you didn't have one from, I want to say it was 1990. It's the one one where they're talking about Jordan. And they're talking about, O.J. Simpson rushed for 9 million yards, but never went to the Super Bowl. Bob Lanier, like, patrolled the main, but never, you know, Ernie Banks was da-da-da-da. And now Michael Jordan, it's just so funny, because you watch it, it's like, yeah, at the time, whatever, like, this Michael Jordan guy, and whatever. Like, he's no magic and Larry. And the, the, the perception was he wasn't a winner, which, again, mm-hmm. is, is kind of crazy. When you think about it, even at the time, given how successful the Bulls were, just because he had won a championship, there were doubts about Michael Jordan. So um, couldn't get past the Pistons. Yeah, well, not even mm-hmm. that. It was just yeah, like he was a hot he not, dog. He was a hot dog. Yeah. I mean, that's what they called him back in the day. Yeah, I, that's right. That went down to Marv, the Marv versus Casas discussion we had earlier. I just sort of liked the way Casas framed it better than Marv, but it was on it was on the list. I thought about that one. Uh, see, it sounds like you have a very Marv bias. You're anti-Marv. I just I, he's a great broadcast. I just thought some of these intros are just like I feel like he's I, yelling I, at I, me. I'm not hearing what y'all heard with with you, Marv on these intros, man. I was like, yeah, Marv, what? you ain't. I didn't. Well, I just so, did. I just didn't find him to be as good as as you, obviously Costas and um Greg Gumble, who y'all mentioned. Who yeah, he's he's official. There's a there's a guy out there who's doing a, a cheap Greg Gumble impersonation these days. But you know that's neither. Who's that one? Long long standing beef with a certain broadcaster. <laughs> long time. I'm talking about research and everything. Like this, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and the worst thing was is, is he's really a nice guy, man. <laughs> but oh man. Um, um, by the way, so I, what I'm hearing from Mike and Waz is 
Zach. I, I think they don't like Mar because his style is just a little too biting. Okay. You really, you just couldn't, you couldn't resist him. You just had to sink your teeth into that one. I mean, I, all I gotta, all I gotta say is, uh, uh, if you don't like Marv Albert, yeah, you just fire a lot of panties out. on fire. Yeah, y'all need to chill out. Um, no, one thing Bruh, I wanted to bring stop. up to you guys was the um was the music choices, right? Um, as compared to today, yeah. Like there's there's that one keeping the keep the faith joint. Ooh. Where there's this hokey ass song playing. Well, it's hokey, but it's charming. Where it's like, I'm like, now nah, that would have definitely been Rihanna or well, Kanye or Cole well, or something like that. Well, here, here's here's the here's the thing. So first of all, we gotta acknowledge that all of these uh, intros appeared on network television, which gives you fair use on popular music. They can play whatever music they want. They could play Metallica as they did in that Nick's Bulls intro, right? And that's just like no problem. Most of the playoff games today appear on cable, ESPN or TNT. Yeah. They don't have those same latitudes. The ABC games can, but you know you don't have the same latitude. So there's a couple of things that are happening. One is, uh, you know, since you only have a handful of games where you're allowed to use whatever music you want, there's a little bit of, oh, I get to use whatever. But two, a lot of times ESPN will try and strike a deal. Uh, so like they had Cole uh for for atm and they use it throughout the playoffs and so that, that way they'll kind of they'll pay for it so they can use it also on cable and have some sort of uh continuity and, and a lot of that is is i mean let's be honest is a more targeted appeal of younger demographics like they don't want to hear certain music they want to they, they want to play the music that's going to make the tiktok kids tune in presumably but when you are we, say are that, we suggesting mean, that this sort of music doesn't work to sort of set the stage? Like you couldn't create narration and kind of pick out the right parts of the song in order to create the same like kind of epic feel that NBC does? The, not when you pick the song months in advance. Yes. I think that's the problem. Is yes. is if they're using Count It Up for months and months and months and months, like you can only get so much mileage out of it where what it means saying is for a network, they could be like, all right, we're doing a keep the faith theme here let's get a song in there that fits this theme in this narrative um it's a little bit different when espn is trying to project out like yo let's just make sure we got a nice cool trendy hip-hop record yeah. to accompany what we're already trying to do we don't really hyper focus or make it hyper specific which you know that makes sense for what what their rules are what it means just explain to me which i never even knew um, so I, I have a that's dumb what question. Sticks with me. I have a question. Maybe this is like more a Jade question because I was thinking about this. Like, could you build like these sort of intros out of like kind of a public one of those public libraries that you use to find like podcast songs and all this other stuff? And just sort of if you're kind of creating an intro, like I think about the uh, the one before the 91 game six where it's like this, this mystery music. And I have no idea what the track is. Maybe it's a popular track that I should know. Um, but it just, I don't think that's a famous song and yet it just builds this tension. Like, do you even need like a famous, like does the music have to be the focus? Nope. No, it's so the, what? The, the imagery is, is the focus, right? So it's gotta be like, I mean, they're putting like playground, you know, clips for these Michael Jordan ones and everything. Like there, there's plenty you can do to hype right. it up like where i think the imagery is what it is like the music's nice 
don't get me wrong, but I I don't think the the music makes it any way. Just like I don't think Bob Costas oh. rambling like a poet laureate like, like makes it any way. <laughs> also, Our- also there's a lot of um there's a lot of on YouTube and these other platforms and SoundCloud where kids right. <laughs> make stuff what are called tight beats. <laughs> like they'll be like, here's a Metro Boomin tight beat. Here's a such and such type of beat. Here's a Kanye type beat. Um, and I'm sure you could pilfer those for relatively cheap. Oh, God, yeah, Are you kidding me? I, I think I think so, NBA so, TV could what, afford those. So one of the wow, wow, what's what's is that? What's going on, man? Just fire. He's emptying the clip. The, uh, it's, all, it's all over. The, the, so so here here's something with uh with music. Um, a lot of times they'll use scores from movies, and you may not know it. You may not recognize it, but like internally, you are picking on one. So, for instance, I can't remember which one of these, but it uses the the, the last of the Mohicans. It's it's like this sweeping orchestral music that everyone's heard. And but if I said, "Hey, the theme from the Last of the Mohicans," you'd be like, "What?" So it's it's one of those things where. It plays a part, right? Like, if your imagery sucks, obviously nothing's going to save it, right? But I think you can ruin it by picking the wrong music. You can make it by picking the right music, like that that Suns Rockets one. The fact that it made it sound like a like a old Western, dun, 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 yeah. dun, like kind of like that made it that even even you know in a way that if they used something else, it just wouldn't be quite as good. And the same thing, like the the narrator. I think the tone of voice of the narrator matters, and I think. The uh, like the the words matter, and also knowing not to say too much. Like sometimes you just got to pull back. Yeah, to me, it's like the words combined with the imagery. Like I really love it when there's an image that, like I think it was in the the magic one where Penny Hardaway's looking at uh, an image of Brian Hill huddling up, and it it says something about like a haunting nightmare or something, and it it just directly paralleled. There was also that one with the Iverson Shack where Marv Albert's asking a question like who can stop this force and then the imagery pans to a close up of Iverson's the answer uh sleeve so the to me like that's where these things really work where the wording and the imagery just kind of work go hand in hand you know the banner at the summit doesn't hang from Clyde Drexler that was done where there was a banner in the background yeah, yeah. That, that ain't yours that 94 point yeah. i mean it's it's a cold-blooded like man we yeah. get it like it's like we get it i haven't won anything thank you greg <laughs> the most cold-blooded one was the wing jordan one from 96 where it's like patrick ewing's life forever sort of Chain to one oh person. It shows all the way that Jordan said the as tormentor. Look <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, was- never see something like that now because I think the player who's the subject of that would get pissed off about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's here's another one that I'm surprised was ranked as low as it was. The little penny one, which is one of my favorite ones oh, of man. all time, and also probably shamelessly. Uh, shameless co- co-branding and marketing with Nike, right? The of idea course. Little Penny. <laughs> but it was so well done. And also, again, the music. Like, you could have picked anything else. But they picked Mama Said Knock You Out. It was perfect. It was perfect with the idea that, you know, little, that this is, you know, I told him Penny. They told me Lil. 
the, the the series with the Magic with the Bulls is going to be a war, a war that Penny must play in, and I must watch. <laughs> and back with the it's like that's and then you get Chris the Rock doing with him on the couch with the two girls. I was like, all yeah. right, this is amazing. Spawn con. Wait, what is it? Spawn con like sort of point and put it down there. You said the the narration doesn't age well. Why not? I don't know. It's just uh, I, I feel like you couldn't have the the thing with the two girls on the couch and he's, him saying, "Hey, baby, get me some chips." Yeah. I don't. That would work as or too sensitive. Yeah, I think there's a. It'd be tough. It'd be also tough like, in 2020. Also, like think about like <laughs> if we had no, but think about <laughs> if we had like all right. Let, what, let's say we're going into Cavs, um, Cavs Warriors. Game one, 2016 finals, right? And Smith on the couch? It, no, not Jared Smith on the couch. We have Uncle Drew on the couch, right? And there's oh. Pepsi products everywhere. Like we'd feel like that was corny as hell. I I yeah. do feel like but, I but like this, I like this intro, Uncle, Uncle but I also feel like there's there's some nostalgia that makes me like this intro as as no. opposed to it just being great. No, because because Little Penny was 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 special in a way, right? In that Penny Hardaway doesn't have a personality. And Nike's like, this guy's a very exciting player. We got a shoe that everyone loves, but he's just so boring. So how do you dance him up? You create a doll that's voiced by one of the biggest comedians in the world. Sure. And it's like, that's it. Yeah, it's so it's not like Penny like saying, you know what would be cool if I was a doll? And then it's like, no, no, Nike's like, we got this. The marketing people are going to do this. Uncle Drew is clearly Kyrie like, I want to do this. Because he's he's whatever. Like he's, like, he's trying too hard. He's the Bob he's, Costas of exactly, you know, Dave. Bang. Exactly, you serve that up perfectly. Just like DoorDash <laughs> will serve up any food you want. Oh my goodness! It'll bring you the the food you're craving right now, right to your door. It's never been easier to order from DoorDash. Open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop off setting. So we keep that social distancing right with over three hundred thousand partners in the u.s puerto rico canada and australia you can support your local go-to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants i mean you can order up that cheesecake factory or wendy's whatever you want many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery was so just open the doordash app select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be right there and left safely without that contact remember we got to keep community safe while we operate in this new social distancing. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and get zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BACK. That's $5 off your first order, zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BACK. That's promo code BACK for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I'm hungry. Yeah, guys. I mean, thank God yeah. Popeyes is still delivering in this. And um, for 15 bucks, you can feed a family of six at Popeyes. Absolutely. Thanks to DoorDash. All right, what else we got? Um, I so let, I want to. What's your What's your absolute favorite on this one, Mike? What like I know, I know you said you would you would move number two to because because I think there's a difference between which one's the best one and which one's your favorite one. Hmm. Or at least there's for me. I. I originally had the one that's number three as number one, and then I moved, I changed it around. So probably that one. I just feel like 
the one that leads into game six of the 93 finals, just because that series was so inexplicable and ridiculous. And I think I kind of like the way that, that I know y'all don't not, y'all don't all love Costas, but I just love the way that he nods to how absurd it is. The idea that God wants the Suns to win the championship. So I, I think that was prob that one's probably my favorite. It was supposed to be a coronation, another banner hung, another celebration, a three-peat, a dynasty. Instead, the only thing hung after game five of these NBA finals were the heads of the Chicago Bulls. It is our destiny to win the world championship. God wants us to win the world championship. Whether divine inspiration plays a part in this may be questioned, but there's no questioning the fervor with which Barkley is spreading. This takes me back to that Levitard conversation the other day where they were saying Costas was openly rooting for the Indians during the 97 World Series against the Marlins. (laughs) (laughs) I do think, I think, I think Costas took sides. I'll tell you what, he's fifth on this list for me. Give me, give me Marv, give me Hammond, give me Gumbel, give me Enberg, give me then Bob. Wow. What's his expert? I don't, I don't wow. like Enberg. I, I won't go that far. You know, like, you know, I felt a little hot when I said it. I'll tell you. How did you, guys, how did you guys feel about the year of Sir Charles one the, from the Sun Sonics? It was Enberg, but it was like they were making a tribute to like a war hero or it, it uh, felt like, I didn't know a PBS <laughs> documentary about the Civil then, War. I kind of felt like See, he was going to die hilarious. if he lost. Like, I, didn't know it was, I didn't know what was going on. I just thought it was funny that they did that. Like, I think in an ironic way, that was kind of hilarious that they did this like, for Charles yeah, Barkley. Like, yeah. He won a gold medal, won the MVP. Uh, okay. Big year. All right. I, I kind of okay. like, I don't know. Like, I think with Charles, like every, there was like an element of satire with all the ones that he did because he's just such a ridiculous character. So to make him into that way, like, I don't know if that was the intention, but it kind of just feels funny after the fact. That's why I liked it. My favorite one was definitely um, Vindication, and that's because they found a way to make this game feel like something important was about to happen, outside of it obviously being the NBA Finals, by, like, pointing out, like, all the shit that people talked about Houston, like, oh, it was a transitional year, oh, Mike wasn't there, blah, 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 blah. And then they won, right? And so, like, this would be Vindication for what they had already achieved. Um, And it was... Game four of a series, they're up three to zero, but they found a way to, like, put this shit in perspective and still, like, give you a nice narrative about, like, all right, this is, like, really cool what's about to happen for the Houston Rockets. And, you know, obviously the Magic are a young team, and they'll be back inevitably in the finals every year, which is what everybody thought at the time. So Anyone that, that say they'll be back never goes back. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, Thunder. Yeah, Dude, for real. Yeah. That whole that whole aesthetic for that Rockets team kind of felt like this like long quest that only they believe they could win, and like that intro felt like the epilogue of it felt like Frodo returning to the Shire, or you know I'm trying to give the best Star Wars reference, like they're celebrating with the Ewoks, like and the one before that kind of felt like the climax of it, where they're on this roller coaster and there's this sort of music that bangs in and it shows all their playoff moments. Like I just let I agree, I love this just the way that they kind of stuck to the same theme with that team. And then you compare it to the other roller coaster one that I included, which was that really hectic Knicks run. And it's like, it's the same thing, same idea, but it, it's not, they're different. They're different types of roller coasters or different types of nobody believed in us. And I just thought that was really cool. 
me look at, I got something else about this Costas guy. All right. We're looking at we're looking at one game, right? Pacers at Bulls, ninety-eight Eastern Conference Finals, game seven. This thing's seven minutes long. Seven minutes long. Well, and he's standing it's, it's, on the floor. Like, just do your job. Just read the minute intro and get out of there. Let the let the intros breathe a little bit. Seven I need seven minutes of this guy telling me how much better, like you know, the ABA was and the baseball was when Mickey Mantle was out there patrolling right field or whatever the fuck he played, like center field. Like, what are we doing, Bob? Get out of here. <laughs> I like that idea of Bob Costa just wandering and talking about baseball. <laughs> I felt like he just, at that point, at that point, to steal a phrase that my dad used, he was too big for his britches, right? Oh, he was, he was, he was reading his press clippings. He's reading his press clippings. Yeah, like you need seven minutes on there. Come on. Is, uh, David versus Goliath, is that the one that ends with Shaq flexing to the camera? Uh, clearly not a game shot. It was just like, hey, Shaq, can you come in the studio? Can, and you, like- can you come flex for us? <laughs> I think so, yes. That was also the one that, that was parodied with LeBron versus Steph in 2015 by that fan video where LeBron is Shaq and Steph is Iverson, which kind of didn't uh, quite as well. I mean... We all love AI, but <laughs> <laughs> Waz, do we want to have the AI conversation? Or I, I mean, look, is man, that for another it's, day? It's it look, it, it, it's culture. I get it. Wait, it's I get cult- it. AI was for the culture, and 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 I appreciate that. But like, as an actual player, <laughs> Jesus, dude, like <laughs> people overrate the shit out of AI, bro. Yeah, like, honestly, you know, the. Uh... The uh, I forgot about this one, man. Even though I mentioned it earlier with the Metallica, that Bulls Knicks one <laughs> because they shit all over the New York press, man. That's the funny part. Of course, yeah, you have to. <laughs> the crying, game. yo, this is so ruthless, man. The crying yeah. game. Oh man, oh. <laughs> yo, dude. I mean, I literally forgot about the movie. Uh, like, now that you're putting that into perspective, like that New York tabloids could be a bit ridiculous. <laughs> we, you want to call Little Penny problematic? Come on, man. Because <laughs> uh, he, he asked one of the people who was at the party to pass him some tips. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a party. I mean, sure. Um, <laughs> Dave, which one's your favorite? I I think it's the Charles Barkley one, man. Like yeah. I that season was just incredible. Like Barkley was great. It, he had just been traded to Phoenix, and then you know the run up was was awesome. And I liked I liked how corny and cheesy it was. I, I love those uh it was corny. Ken Burn Ken Burns documentaries, and it had that kind of feel to it. I, I loved it. You thought it was corny. And it you was kind of corny. <laughs> it was kind of corny. Yeah. Come on. They, so, they they really did it like like it was a war documentary and they were talking about his, you know, his service because of the Olympics. <laughs> by the way, by the way. It's, it's um, called an analogy, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything is a literal translation. <laughs> you know, you know what else I liked is that everybody was disgusted and repulsed by the New York Knicks style of play in real time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like something that we went back and corrected for and was like, God, that was terrible to watch. Like, in real time, 
Costas said the first four games of the 94 indie and Knicks series, it lacked artistry, it lacked theater. <laughs> There's another intro for the 95 Knicks series where I think Marv Albert says it's, it starts with talking about how basketball is this beautiful ballet game, but this series is not. And he literally says, you don't have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> If the, you dude, know, you know, if the time people were shitting on this team, dude. Yo, you know, oh, you know, terrible. if the if the Rockets, if the Rockets make the finals, whenever we get basketball back, that's a hundred percent how this is gonna be phrased. Well, you don't have to like yeah. it, guys, but they made yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Zach and I were doing like, like to the the nineteen ninety the the game six one from ninety three where they start with sort of this rim and then it's the broadcast of Charles Smith going Smith stop 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 oh, again that was so good and then can you imagine something like that for like a game eight of the two thousand eighteen Rocket series yeah. where it's just broadcast of all the mysteries that the Rockets had <laughs> yeah that, the funny thing is that Zach and 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 me were doing radio live radio during the summer last year and. Knicks Pacers game five was on and it was so bad. Right? Like, and not bad. Like, Oh man, everyone's missing shots. Like just the worst defensive decisions ever. Like we're, we're watching they're, this and like, this is the vaunted defense of the nineties. Right. They're, they're, they're doubling off Reggie Miller, who is on fire in the fourth quarter. Real they're doubling, to double Derek McKee in the Real paint. Talk. The dude who's guarding Reggie Miller said, I must go save him. And we were we were <laughs> killed it. We were killed it so bad that Eddie Johnson called in. He was like, I gotta talk to you guys about this. <laughs> <laughs> what did by the way, though, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what his justification was. I mean no, he, his thing was like you can't judge an entire era off of one game. Right, like he didn't. Right. He didn't try to defend the game because we were like Eddie. They, 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 Reggie at this point has 19 points in the quarter, and they're doubling off him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie, like quickly saw like the the way the wind was down. Like yo, okay, I'm not gonna justify this game, but I say you can't like paint a whole era by by like one game. Like we can take any one game from any era and say, oh my god, look how terrible it was. Which he's that is a fair point, but also I, I imagine there's a lot more. Because it was just a, a lot of it was just like, I, I you know I hate I don't want to be this guy, but if this if that game had happened today, he would have been killed even more because it would have been hundreds if not thousands of people on the internet making like edits of like what are you doing what are you doing what are you it was it was panicky defense yeah. it was panicky poor decision making and that's what made it so shocking. Do you guys ever watch like some of these old games and like think to yourself like why the hell are you standing there or why are you going to that spot on the floor or why are you playing this stupid lineup with like I had this experience watching 2000 the 2003 finals game with Tim Duncan and the Nets like at some point I think Byron Scott played Roddy Rogers the small forward I'm like what I'm thinking like from today's lens thinking like you would never do that and like Kenny and Martin was having this horrible game and I just kept thinking to myself like if it was today he would just play the five and they would try to open the floor and they just don't do that they just never did that back in the day I, have you ever guys had that experience a lot recently I think I think weren't we watching a watching an old Bulls game recently yeah. and like Scotty yeah. Hobson like like sprints on a fast break uh to like the 16 foot mark like on the baseline to spot up for a jumper, right? Like it was something ridiculous like that. I, I know, I know my the- brain is too locked into now because I, all I could think about was Horace Grant should have been the center. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, the thing about that I noticed was that in when there was illegal defense, I think the lineup stuff and the space and stuff mattered much less because you could operate one-on-one. Yeah. You could literally yeah. isolate guys and get all the space you needed by just moving everybody to one side of the court. And as soon as somebody put their foot in the paint, whistle would blow illegal defense. So it kind of didn't matter. It, it like, mitigated that need because yeah. you could just throw Jordan on the freak, like, 14 feet, which, by the way, if Jordan catches the ball 14 feet from the basket and you have absolutely no help, you're dead every single time. Shot so like 50% on that shot. Like, so, like, it's over for you. So I think that stuff was less because I think Phil Jackson specifically understood the need for to allow his the best one-on-one player in the history of the game to operate within some type of space. And he designed an offense, you know, that 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 yeah, facilitated no. that. You know, really design and then we kind of okay, whatever. He implemented it. Shouts yeah. to Tech Squinders. Man. Yeah, Tech. Whatever, yo. There's, a, there's a game I watched, I think, from 1991. I think it was the Warriors and the Spurs. And the Warriors' entire strategy was to have like Alton Lister and Jim Peterson and all these Tom Tolbert stand 27 feet on the opposite wing just so David Robinson couldn't help on Mitch Richmond post ups. They're just literally standing there doing absolutely nothing. They have no expectation that they're going to get the ball. They're just standing there, the slowest, worst shooters on the team, all there so that David Robinson couldn't be in the paint. And that was yeah. the strategy, and they won that series. I mean, you got to, man, because it was either that or he had the hard double, and there was no, there was no in-between. So, you know, like literally if you were in-between, if you decided to double midway through, change your mind, illegal defense. Like immediately. So, uh, you know, it was, you know, a lot of what we're seeing is, and that's why when people say, oh, the 96 Bulls versus like the Warriors of 2016, I'm like, it's hard to compare, man, because they played under, oh, they didn't shoot enough threes. Yeah, well, they didn't have to, right? Like the the whole point of three point shooting is of, of spacing is to do what Waz said illegal defense rules did once upon a time is to give your stars room to operate, right? Right now in today's game, if I'm not a shooter, then I like I theoretically, or it makes it harder for me to remain the threat away from the ball, uh, which makes it easier for help defense to come. I off. mean, what they did to Tony Allen, you couldn't do in 1996. No, no, because like you couldn't do that. You couldn't just plant Bogut in the freaking lane. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Bogut would be an illegal defense every single time. Yeah, well, they also the spacing also helped where they just sent everybody to the lane, so you could do that in practice because nobody spaced the floor. So you watch some of these games, and it's like, like if you watch the 2003 Finals game, like Tim Duncan and David Robinson just never leave the paint because the Nets never space them out. At the so same a little time, bit of- too, Mike, the um because of that, guys were so much better at um interior passing. Like these dudes would thread ridiculous needles like from Horace Grant to Bill Cartwright I'm just like wow like a lot of well first of all it's not a skill that you really need like that anymore but these dudes like it's something you had to be able to do because like you said these guys were standing right next to each other (laughs) I feel like the 2005 Suns were like the line of demarcation when like basketball started to look like what we see basketball today Uh, any game before then it just like doesn't feel the same I would say the Kings Early 2000 Sacramento Kings. Okay. 
I was trying to throw you a bone, Amin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, he's, Amin's bummed because Channing Fry told him that, like, or ah. retired saying, like, Cleveland's the greatest city and the greatest team he's ever played for or whatever. I'm like, and he's I'm like, the, come I'm on, we had good times. I picked city. up in a van. I'm like, yo, and you live, like, you're from here. Like, like imagine that. Like, you, you grew up here. You went to high school here. You went to college an hour away from here. You played for this team. And that's, by the way, where we saved your goddamn career. I should have said that to him. I forgot to say. We saved his career. He was he was going nowhere, man. Portland rescinded their qualifying offer. And this jackass has the the gall to go out there and, like, although he did shit on Cleveland. He, he said <laughs> he jackass. Did, <laughs> he, did, he did kind of think, like, like, yo, it's like they don't have much going on. Who's <laughs> like, <laughs> that? Is that Ted? No, that's Boogie. That's mine. Uh, all right. So, Waz, what's your favorite? My favorite was Vindication. I said Vindication? It okay. Yeah. I mean? Uh, if I go off the board, I'm going with that 94 game set. Uh, go on if, the board. Okay. On the board, then I'm going to go with. Yeah, man. I'm going with Little Penny, man. Really? Uh, like, yeah. Little wow. Penny. That was a great one, man. All right. I don't know what you guys are doing here. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like what you guys are doing. And trying to p- paint it in a light that it's not. Okay. I'm Little torn. Penny's time is not up. I'm, uh, yeah, yes, it is. It's gone. No, uh, I'm torn between two. Uh, the what is it? The nightmare one? No, not the oh, night, yeah. not the night. Yeah. Wait, what's the one with the? It's um. Talica? No, ride of a lifetime. It's Magic Rockets game three. Because it's oh. it's. It's like they were trying to create like a beer commercial in the first twenty seconds of this. There's just a lot of quick cuts and weird music and everything, a lot of energy, um, and then and then it gets into like the roller coaster, right? And you're you're, you're fading into roller coaster, and fading out of roller coaster, with all these highlights and stuff, and saying the Rockets were getting shit on still and everything. But the the not like this, Knicks Bulls uh, game six with just the Charles Smith. Uh, like it's just so funny to me to watch that moment over and over again. I don't even dislike the Knicks. I'm not a oh. Bulls fan. Like, but the Charles Smith, like, just getting blocked time and time again with that that intro with Marv and everything. Like, I, that one does it for me. Zach, uh, you, that that quick cut stuff in the beginning that used to be their intro for all the finals games. That the epileptic seizure they had. Yeah, down, down, down. Yeah, that was the intro for every every finals game. That one. So that's not specific to to. When you, so I don't know if that changes your answer. That tips the, the scale. Well, no, it, no. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Charles Smith getting blocked over and over. Jade just sent something called "Why I Hate Bob Costas," and it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a post from something. Jade, what is this from? It's like from like I think like a gambling site. A gambling you know, site. Okay, a forum where they forum the people talk to each other. It's it's, pretty, it's got a little bit of an intro and then ten reasons why I hate Bob Costas. Uh, please get Bob Costas off NBC pregame. He's worse than Dennis Miller was on Monday Night Football. His jokes suck. His delivery sucks. His attitude sucks. Get rid of the dry humor. The NFL is all about spice. <laughs> Send boredom Costas yeah. back to baseball where he belongs. Now, top 10 reasons why I hate Bob Costas. Number 10, Costas makes Chris Collinsworth seem trendy. Yeah. Number nine, Costas has way too much confidence for being a pencil wrist. Wow. <laughs> Number wow. eight, monotone voice. This, Number- this remind- the pencil wrist reminds 
to the time I've, I've discovered what cuck means. Mm. Which happened in 2016. I like, oh, you're a cuck. I'm like, what? What is? What is? <laughs> people were calling you that, and you, you didn't thought know people were calling you a cock. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they were misspelling the word cock. I was like, oh, you saw a lot of chivos today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven, number eight, monotone voice, number seven, BDIs. I'm just imagining. Wait, you thought they were calling you a cock? <laughs> I just thought they were misspelling the word cock. Because that, I mean, it was like, oh yeah, of course. He's like, all right, I yeah, they call me a dick, race. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> number, number, well, it's got, all right, these are 11 reasons because it's got number 10, number nine, number eight, number seven, number eight, number seven. Oh, there's like, <laughs> there's like 12 reasons in here. All right. Second number eight. Seven, second number eight. <laughs> Alex P. Keaton hairdo. True. Second number seven, lame sense of humor. Number six, weasel face. <laughs> number five Weasel face and BDI. right that's tough Go that's to tough it. to pull off <laughs> number, number five he knows nothing about the NFL number four he likes baseball number <laughs> I like it I like it merely liking baseball is, is a, a treasonous crime number three he thinks he's smart which he may be but nobody likes a smart ass number two Napoleon Wait, complex so he, he, he thinks he's smart, and he is smart, right. but that's bad. And nobody likes a yes. smart person. Right. Nobody likes that. <laughs> so number two was Napoleon Complex, and then the number one reason— Is he short? Is he oh, short? he's like 5'5 five, five or something, right? Like, no, he's oh, short okay. than that. Shorter he's than that. Is wow. he like Kirkjian short? Yeah, I think so. He might be shorter than Kirkjian. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, Kirkjian's tiny. Um, number two—or or, I'm sorry, number one. He's probably a nice enough guy, just not an NFL kind of guy. Get him off NBC pregame. Nice. First comment. This is written by First Donald comment, Trump. Though. First comment. Give me that comment. I actually like Costas. He can conduct really good interviews, and he's a witty guy. <laughs> what was that? Waz? Waz? eight one two one eight. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If I if I if I met Bob Costas in person, I would pull a Waz. Be like, oh man, you're a legend. I love it. Lo- oh, love the NBC intro. Yeah, no, I would totally Waz that out. Forty years, baby. Forty years in the business. Forty years of greatness, Bobby. I've seen the Waz like about face in person. It's it's truly a sight to behold. Wait, which which about face did you did you did you see of me? Who was it that we met? And I was just looking at you like, really? It was someone that you'd been killing. And like, well, I was like, yo, like. It happens all you, the time. You went like, like super into characters. Oh, Sam Hinkie. No, uh, probably Sam was. Hinkie was on the phone. That was. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, what's his name? Maury was on Maury. the phone. Maury was on the phone. That was in yeah, purpose. That was on the phone. And oh, man, did I slather that man up. <laughs> 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 Yo, Amin, would you, yeah. who do you think is the best NBA play-by-play guy right now? Right now? Um, yeah. I think, to me, it's between Breen and Harlan. Uh, okay. We're talking about national, right? I like Iron Eagle, too. Yes. Yeah, I, na- I like, national. Yeah. I think Iron Eagle's, uh, it's kind of weird because I just said I like Harlan. I think Iron's voice is a little distracting sometimes. Sometimes it just gets a little too nasally. Like, I like his in between stuff. His little in between, his in between stuff with his partner is always interesting. I like that was, but I'm also not looking for crowd work in my national TV. You know, 
you know what I like about Harlan and, and, and Mike Green is, and this is the same reason why I love Gus Johnson. I miss Harlan makes Gus Reggie Johnson Tom. being on a network that people watch. <laughs> it's, no, it's that, it's that when a, a moment is big, they hit that note perfectly, whether it's the Mike Green bang, the yeah. Harlan right between the eyes, uh, uh, the uh, Gus Johnson from the corner of got it. Like he likes to give you like the yeah. local geography. Oh, he shot that one from the corner of like Peachtree and Peachtree. You know, <laughs> you know, Green has an advantage though. He has the advantage it? of he's been doing the finals for a long time. Yeah. But he well, has I mean, the disadvantage of doing it with Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's just the big, the big, big moments, right? Like, well, no, but, yeah. but, but, uh, like for me, uh, like because Breen, I grew up listening to Breen. We call Nick game, so that's kind of that's advantage of my brain, at least to me. Uh, like I, I probably have a bias towards Breen because I've, I've listened to him forever. Um, yeah. Marv used to be that guy, you know. When Marv is falling yeah. off, you know, he, he's just getting a little long. Doing it for eighty years, dude. Yeah, man. The dude called the Knicks championship. That's how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? And then the brothers, Marv. You know, it's all the brothers. Oh yeah. The well, there's brothers. a brother, and then and then the, there's a nephew, because Steve Albert, and then Kenny. what's the other? Kenny. Kenny is the nephew. Steve is the brother. Isn't Kenny the one and you should all, know? No, I know Steve. Oh, Steve's the Phoenix guy. Steve's the Phoenix. Oh, his okay. brother. Yeah. Steve was his brother. He called uh, Suns games for a couple of years. Um, and they all have kind of, of uh, yeah. Marv did everything, but they all have a variation of the same voice. That's the funny thing. Yeah, they all kind of kind of like Noah Eagle sounds a little like his dad, right? I wonder how that happened. No, it's just kind of weird that voices don't. You weren't. You, I don't think you necessarily think of voices being hereditary, right? I mean, maybe it's no. like a learned behavior. Type Although they, they say that about me and my brother, and my dad, though people think we sound alike. The uh, wait, when did he come up with Bang? Was that a, was that back in the next days? Yeah, yeah. Bang! He's been doing bang for a while. He's been banging for a while. He's been banging for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. He is amazing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's truly great. Like uh, Harlan has a special place in my heart. Kind of how oh. I mean, grew up watching that. Like I watched a lot of Kevin Harlan Timberwolves games on League Pass before he became like super national. And so, like you could get satellite games of of Kevin Harlan calling Wolves games. So like there are all these big KG moments. They would have these like. Um, uh-huh. They would sell these CDs that had like famous calls of like Timberwolves games, which there weren't a lot back then. But it was basically just him and Trent Tucker yelling about stuff, which but was great. With no regard for human yeah. life. And he's like, and he's like, <laughs> the KG punches at home and howls at the moon, and then Kevin Harlan howls like he howled during a, a local broadcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, like he's just, he was a crazy person. <laughs> oh, he just he is a little crazy. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. So like Harlan is my number one, but uh, but Breen's amazing. His catchphrase is definitely on point. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, Gus Johnson, man. Yeah, we, like, we didn't get enough Gus National. Like, should've I know, had, I know had him to, doing this instead of Bob Costas. Like, man. No, Gus Johnson would have got me definitely hyped up for a game. Pure. I, I, what was the, who was the, do Edgar Sosa? Remember Edgar Sosa? In college, the Louisville guy. Yeah, of course. I oh man, El Tigre, social, bro. man. When he was going with New oh, York right. City, of course, boy. of course, was. Yeah, no, I, no. no. Uh, 
it's that laugh that's after it. That ha ha. That's what that's what really pisses me off. Out of all, that's what I've determined. Out of all this New York love from Waz, it's that when it gets acknowledged that the dude's from New York, we get the ha ha, and that's that's <laughs> the York, punctuation baby. that drives me crazy. Uh, but they they called him El Tigre, and so when he was going off in the tournament, like Gus Johnson was just yelling El Tigre, and he was growling and stuff. Like it's great. Yeah, he was Gus, going. Gus. All right, so Gus, what? Gus was the best man. What makes the Dave for you? What is like? What's the anatomy of a great intro? Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is everything that it needs? Well, it can't do too much, right? Like, you don't want to do all the heavy lifting. You just got to set it up, and and hopefully, you've done a good enough job throughout the season of building it up. I mean, I think, like you said earlier, they just don't do it now. Cause every game is, is not given any sort of weight. It, it, they do it when you get to the finals, but you're not getting like that. That Charles Barkley package that I loved was for Western conference finals game. You wouldn't get that now. Yeah. No, there's no I, way. I think, um, you know, not doing too much is, is important. God, do I hate Bob Costas? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's about definitely the the music because you know it's at, it sets the atmosphere, right? Um, and I like the roller coaster and the plate. That stuff doesn't work on me. I just want to see the guys actually doing what they do, and you know, of course, the narration. Like uh, I, I like I like when guys yeah. can 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 make it a narrative. Like I, I love that. I, I just love tying a beautiful narrative together. But I do need some good music. The, the actual stuff on the court and just, you know, just a nice story. But again, I'm a sucker for the for the for the Costas poetry. Like he really he, does. he really he thinks he's Langston Hughes, bro. <laughs> like they, I love it. <laughs> they valued it at NBC. Someone behind the scenes was like, this is a thing. Right. The, 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 you the, know, the, the spoken word it, element. <laughs> and the, the stations now are just they're not. It's not, Jay, you, you know, they're Jay, just you not interested stuff? in doing favorite? stuff like that for some reason. They should. Okay. I have I, I um, haven't gone through. I'll go through what I'm doing the show to put them in. So, but uh, but like I mean, I've been talking about it for a long time now. You know, Ethan talks about it as well. It's just the production thing. Like someone behind the scenes needs to go. Hey, let's let's uh let's do this. You know, and find the right people. Like I get oh, yeah. Maximilian there, the great you know NBA mixtape guy. And <laughs> just uh, get someone. Who- some lines and then, uh, you know, get Breen to do it. Goody. Max That's did. something Mark Jackson could do, Goody. you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, what's the, what, what's the anatomy of a perfect intro so. for you? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the imagery and not necessarily game footage, right? You got to get the right kind of B-roll footage, you know, example, a picture, a shot of Clyde Drexler with the banner over his shoulder, and then it comes in. Okay, um, you got to get that. You got to have the music. To me, is, is really can make or break the video. Uh, the narration, not saying too much, but giving just enough, like Watts says, to give you a narrative, but also not over talking this thing out. Uh, and then again, like I put a premium on the voice, man. I like. Uh, Greg Gumbel, Marv Albert, like their voices had gravitas to it. Costas, you know, sometimes he could, sometimes maybe he just over talked. 
But yeah, man, I, I think voice voice matters as well. Music. Music. I did say music. Music can make a break. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But um, then, yeah, uh, pacing. Got to have our pace. Expert, Mike Prada. What, what about for you? What's the, what's the anatomy of it? But. Oh, yeah. I mean, you wrote. I'm an expert. Words on it, whatever this is. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just the more upset. I guess I just took the most time, um, but that's very nice. Um, I need to feel like, and this is going to sound weird because like I'm such a huge fan of the game itself. And like, that's why I do this. I need to feel like I'm like getting, I'm going into a performance. I need to feel like I'm kind of, I'm, I'm being transported into a new world where I, I, and I, I kind of like the basketball, I kind of, except that I'm just going to like once I'm in it, but like to get me to suck in, I need to feel like there's something much bigger than just a game happening here. There, And I think all the things you guys have talked about, like sort of having a narrative theme, kind of all the different elements, it all has to add up to where I feel like I'm getting, I'm like sitting down in my seat ready for the show to begin. And I thought that's something that NBC did really well that I just don't think today's broadcasters do. It doesn't feel like they kind of make it seem like you're going into a basketball game where I kind of want to feel like I'm going into something bigger. And with that, then I think it's really important to make sure it's very clear what the larger theme of what you're talking about is and what the feeling you want a reader to get or a viewer to get is. It's honestly, it's not that different from like putting together a great feature, a great story, you know, in text form or a great podcast. Like I feel like you need in five seconds, I should feel like this is what this game feels like. This is what I'm getting involved in. And then after that, it, it really comes down to, I don't think, the voc- the the wording i don't the narrative the the b-roll the music i don't think like any one of those elements is more important than the other i think the key is that they all have to work together and however yes. you do that it doesn't matter like sort of i, I think you could it doesn't really matter which one is better than the other it's again it's a lot like a basketball team like you could say that like the star player is the most important element of a basketball team but really it's just how everybody works together exactly. know, obviously the star matters. Yeah, we got the I'm intro, gonna throw right? some yeah. music underneath Mike there. We got it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can Bob Costas narrate what I was just saying? Yeah. Um, Zach, you know wait, what, you know did what it's they do like. it across the board though? NBC, like were they doing that for every sport that every they play? covered? Oh, well, I don't know. No, I don't know. They, that was they didn't NBA. do it for every game unless I like just couldn't find them. Like I was looking for Lakers Kings ones from two thousand and two and I just found none. Yeah. I know they were doing uh, elimination games seemed to stand out. Or game they, they, and game ones. Here's here's the problem. Here's the gotcha. reason why you you'll find some and won't find others. Because if you remember, a lot of these games were on like double headers and triple headers. So if the last yeah, game, yeah, that's true. That's they're cutting point. the intro and they're just going, "We're taking you right to the floor in the summit," and then it's again where the Rockets and the Sonics are about to ball, and you just lost that one, which must really suck for the dude that sat back and wrote <laughs> a long ass intro for. Do you think they even um, did they, intros for triple headers? Like, do they just say like we're just going to cut it anyway? God, what let me tell you, I, just I think it depends on what the game was. Yeah, that's true. NBC opening, and it's just Costas. Like, just oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yes, just rooting we for got, the Indians. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know, you know what it's like. Uh, his, uh, wait, uh, wait. it's like uh, it's like making a trailer, like. Kind That's basically like, what it is. You're yeah. you're making a trailer for the game. Yeah, 
and and so like because Jade, me and Jade, uh, you know, well, Jade, well, Jade made the trailer for Ethan's book, but I kind of helped a little bit. Like, just think about all the conversations we had, Jade, about like just the music and when should this sound hit and what yes. image we need here and no, no, put this scene after that and all that. Like all yeah. all of that conversation, it's the same thing. It's just instead of uh, you know, selling a book. And instead of talking about, you know, you know, we're, we're selling a game. The, the only difference is you don't know how it ends. Like, you know how the movie ends, but you don't know how a game ends. But that's really the only difference. I, I struggle with the time constraint. There's These are across, like, different, all oh, different no. times, right? Yeah, unless it's cost is going yeah. Usually not more than, like, a minute. By the way. Five. Let me tell. Let me tell yeah, you this intro one, here for baseball. Right. All right, <laughs> imagery is amazing, music's amazing, but it's Costas talking and then cutting to Costas doing play-by-play, so it's it's double the Costas. Oh, and he's so happy when Moises Alou gets tagged out at third base. Like, what are you doing? Like this guy now. You're an Albert Bell fan that much? You love Jim Tomey that much? Oral Hershiser's like your godfather or something? What are you doing? Yeah, Charles Nagy's just like oh, man. The, your Nagy. hero. Jesus, Costas, have some pride. Well, he what went after the NFL, right? During like on a halftime of, like, what was the, the thing of Sunday night football or something like that? Didn't he do that a couple years ago and then basically like quit after that? Concussions. Oh, about, yeah, 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 he was talking about uh, concussions. Yeah, yeah, he did have like a. Oh, a that's right. He had a gun rant. Oh, he had a gun rant. He had a gun he usually just let uh, who was it? Tim McCarver. Is that the dude who did like he usually just let him bury the bodies. He let yeah. him go after Dion, so he didn't have to put his neck out there. Yeah. Dion Sanders poured water on that. Got a fight on there. All right, Bob Costas fight. fight I'm on there. Up right now. <laughs> Can't. I guess not. Did he do a Sandusky thing? Didn't he do a Sandusky interview? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. He interviewed Sandusky, and Sandusky was out here snitching on himself. Right. That, that's the one I think I'm thinking of. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm going to go through. I, I'm going to I'm going to judge accordingly. But You're I think I him? like Bob. Robert Quinlan Costas. I I like, <laughs> I'm with you, Watts. <laughs> Forty years, baby. Sure you can. You just have, just have someone write for you. I'm, I get well. it. I bet he didn't even write it. All right. Yeah, I have the intros. <laughs> That's what we got to do. That, we got to find who these producers are. Get some on the air here. Yeah, part two of this podcast. We'll find out how difficult and Bob Costas was to work with. this podcast. I, oh, I, I did notice, though, it, it, under the circumstances, you're seeing a lot of these Zoom videos that the networks are doing. Uh, production is pretty valuable, people. You know? It's pretty valuable. <laughs> well, you mean seeing the top, the, the top half of someone's head being cut off and... <laughs> Like, and like I was they're watching, doing, they're they're doing was, the, the 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 zoom things from inside their bathroom because the echo is just right. tremendous. <laughs> I was checking out uh, Bill Maher's show the other night because I like to go around and see what people are doing with with the you know not being on set, and uh, his was one of the better ones I've seen, but it's, it's still terrible. Still, just the, the it goes to show one. you how amazing production is, especially for a show like that that's live. You know, Jade. Well, I don't know about the live ones, but I know Daily Show and Last Week Tonight both seem to be really good. All of them are good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 
but both of those I think are really good. Some of these other ones, like I'm watching some of the other ones, and I'm like, did, did y'all even try? Like, I I should not be Jade in this case. Or right. Out, like, <laughs> get the headphones on, uh, like you mute your mic. I don't know. Right. Producers are are the editor, like editors at a publication. Always disrespected, always essential. That's the thing. Like, uh, you know, there were occasions, you know, Kevin Wilds, who was at ESPN at that time, would would ask us to do stuff for the Sunday broadcast. That's they paid a lot of attention to the Sunday games and getting some, you know, dramatic VOs. We did some big numbers, I think, or um, uh, True TVs that were uh, flashier True TV stuff. But other than that, they didn't really they didn't effort much, you know. Unfortunately, I mean, he couldn't have been yeah, happier sport, that, that Omar yeah, Vizquel picked one in the well. hole to throw him out at first. Like, I mean, he couldn't be happier. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh Maybe he's God. just a yeah, really huge fan of uniform. shortstop fielding form. <laughs> uh, you know, he probably he probably recorded a. Uh, a huge like oh, sure. narrative thing oh, for the Indians. Yeah, because I think that was Levitard shows. He put a lot of work like, into it, kind of theory or whatever, uh, or maybe it's Craig Council when they had him on. It was that uh, you know there was like fifty years of this of you know the Indians and in Cleveland not winning anything, and then you know the Marlins been around for like what four years or something like that, mm-hmm. five years. So there was no history there. He didn't care. Craig Council doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, Edgar doesn't care. doesn't care. Eat it, Bob. Right, we'll end it on that horrible note from Amin. Uh, thanks to Mike Freda. Check out SB Nation. <laughs> Obviously, check out the 30 best intros from NBA and NBC of all time. He's got a list to the playlist, uh, link to the playlist there. Uh, 150 available. More than 150 available on the internet. Almost at 200. Uh, thanks to Mike. Thanks. I think we're almost at 200 now, actually. But then watch Some the of games. Them are just full what games else do we have to do right now? Beginning clips, but yeah, yeah. Watch the games. Watch Bob Costas just blow me through the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I'll have to check out uh, Hoop Streams and the Jump, and of course, uh, the uh, what's our, what's our show called? No Look Pass. Wait, real quick, we have we have an argument here. I mean, yeah. and I also also when it's two oh. on two, you can throw a No Look Pass. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can. What are we we but there's only one place the pass can go. Exactly. So what? It doesn't oh, mean you can't you throw looking? it though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I Who you looking pass at? It to, to the... <laughs> Could you right. like no look a shot oh. and then pass it, and then it's a no look? Wait, pass? so like out of a shot? Mm. Like yeah, you look pass you, out of an look open at the basket like you're shooting, and then you pass it. Isn't that a no look pass? That's not a no look pass. Is not a I mean the pass. backboards. Are... Also, also oh. catch oh. us on Cinephobe. If you want to listen to us review bad movies on the Count the Things Network, you can just search Cinephobe or go to the Count the Things feed on on wherever you get your podcast, and you find me and Zach reviewing all types of terrible movies. Also, if for some reason you really want a specific kind of terrible movie. You can listen to us do Cinephobe on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio, Fridays, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. When's the Rise of Skywalker episode? Right. It, uh, yeah. Sadly, does not meet the criteria. But if you want to get a lot of bots to, to, uh, record, get a lot of bots to take down the Rotten Tomatoes awful. score down to 40% or lower, we're here for it. 
Um, so yeah, check us out on all those things. Check out SB Nation. Obviously, check out uh, Nerdishy Wrote with Dave DeFour. Uh, you guys have been doing great stuff lately, by the way. A lot of good conversations there about the coronavirus. Good stuff. Uh, our cultural anthropologist, Wazzy Lambre. Appreciate it. What do we got going? Waz? Waz is, Waz is, Waz is muted himself. Waz mutes. Waz Sorry, Waz, I was... I was Waz, what do we got going on? Could you say that again? Great promotion. All right. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> you turned to what? <laughs> 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 <laughs>